That's the intro. Hey guys, what is up? Welcome to the Lunch Boys podcast. Uh, it's this little solo thing I'm doing today. Um, this is Jake here. Henry and Ryan are uh, doing stuff. Henry's working on some music stuff. Ryan is moving, so best of luck to the other boys. Um, but this is also kind of a pilot to see uh, what some extra content's going to look like um, on the show so that you can hear more from us individually and some of the things that interest us. Um, so hope you enjoy it. Hope you dig it. And we're really excited to be able to put out some more content. So I just recently got back from Los Angeles, California. And uh, it was a birthday trip that my wife and I had planned. We actually planned to do this for my 30th birthday for some time. And uh, after coronavirus hit and all the restrictions in many different states, I I wasn't sure if I was still going to go. And my wife and I were having a lot of conversations about, like, is it going to be worth it to go to California specifically because it was one of the most closed states. And coincidentally, right before we made the decision, uh, Governor Newsom of California opened up the state just a little bit more. So I reached out to some friends that live out there and they said it's basically like North Carolina right now. Um, Of course, since then, North Carolina has opened up and is, uh, for the most part, eliminated the mask mandate, which is pretty cool. But we decided, all right, we're going to stick with it. We're going to go and we're going to do this trip to L.A. For me, it was a food tour. I'm super into food. And uh, I wanted to have L.A. Smash Burgers in L.A. to see if the ones that I make at home measure up, especially the ones that I make for the boys. And wanted to see. I'd never been on the Pacific, uh, the Pacific time zone. I'd never been on the West Coast, never seen the Pacific Ocean. Um, so I, I was really excited about this trip. And uh, so I just wanted to tell you guys a little bit about what I saw on the trip because it seems like a lot of people have really strong opinions about California based on what they see in the news. And it's kind of interesting because um, I'm, I'm getting a, the sense that this is pretty consistent all over the United States where people will have opinions about states, municipalities, cities, what have you, about places that they've never been to or places they haven't been to recently enough to have an opinion that wasn't fed to them by some CNN, Fox News, you know, name your organization, uh, cuck. And so uh, I wanted to give a little bit of what my experience was. Now, this is going to be, for the most part, purely anecdotal, but I think having one of the boys on the ground, um, I, I think I'll be able to provide, hopefully, something that's going to look a little better to you than what the news is offering you. And that's regardless of what news station you listen to, what uh, political party that you subscribe to or whatever, because I found a lot more hope in California than what the news was telling me and what people around me were saying. And I'm really excited to get to talk about some of that. So first off, I just got to say landed in LA, we got a rental car and we went to get our first meal and for the first two days I ate nothing or for the first day my first two meals I ate nothing but Wagyu beef so we went to this place called Hi-Ho Cheeseburger they do uh, an LA style it's not quite a smash burger as I would think of it but basically an LA style double cheeseburger kind of more like your In-N-Out style with french fries that were delicious and it's all Wagyu beef that they serve in the restaurant and it was absolutely delicious They got this bacon jam on it. You can order it spicy. I ate two. They had the best veggie burger I've had in a long time out because my wife's a vegetarian. So tried her burger. 
and then later on we went to this place called Maple Block Meat Co. And uh, they had Wagyu spare ribs and holy crap, just so freaking good, amazing barbecue. So LA's got some incredible food, some incredible culture. And not only was the food great, but we hung out a lot in Santa Monica. And I get out of the car while we're in Santa Monica and I'm immediately taken aback at just how insanely beautiful it is. There's no humidity, there's not a cloud in the sky. The temperature was 75, 76 degrees, and that first day was actually the hottest day. The next several days, the temperature uh, never went lower than 68 and never went higher than 73. Just incredible weather. It was always cooler in the evenings and in the in the uh, mornings, and then you'd hit those, you know, I want to say higher 70s, but 73 doesn't really count as high 70s, <laughs> but it would hit that high temperature in the middle of the day and go back down. It was just insanely gorgeous and you've got mountains that are way bigger than the Blue Ridge Mountains that we have here in the Carolinas surrounding this beachscape and there's just culture everywhere there's this place called the promenade where a lot of people were doing outdoor shopping and it was just so much fun all these people outside and having fun shopping doing their thing I bought my wife a couple of things um just like such a cool place and On that first day after eating dinner, I thought to myself, I would tolerate a lot of BS to live here. Like, it's just so, it's so beautiful, and it's such, there's so much to do, and I felt that just in my first day, where we hung out mainly in Santa Monica and Culver City areas, which are way west, and that's where we spent most of the trip, because um, I'll get to that, (laughs) I'll get to downtown LA, but Gosh, it was just so insanely beautiful, and every day I was just getting blown away more and more by how beautiful it was. One day, my wife and I, we went up to the Griffith Observatory, which was, of course, closed due to COVID, but the views that we were able to see of these mountains, these uh, these dark, sandy, uh, borderline, like, Texas desert-looking mountains that were just so huge, overlooking this sprawling city, uh, it, it really was breathtaking, and the, the views were just gorgeous. Um and I, I just kept being, as I was hanging out with my wife and going to these different places and experiencing these different nooks and crannies and streets, I kept thinking to myself, gosh, I I would literally move here right now. I would literally move here right now. This is beautiful. And it was just so crazy how much I enjoyed the trip. And I, I, I told my wife, uh, I think on the second day, I was like, we, we need to figure out when we're coming back here. Cause, and I can't wait to come back. I absolutely loved it. Um, it's literally like it, it was just the most incredible city experience that I think I've had in some time. And that's what I think about California. But of course, when you go to California, you get a bunch of people who have opinions. You get a bunch of people who want to say things that they've seen on the news that maybe they haven't experienced in person. So, for example, when I told the boys that I was going to California, um, if you know, the boys were, were pretty re- relentless with each other and, uh, they were like, why would you ever want to go there? <laughs> and when I told my dad that I was going to California, he was like, Ooh, be careful. And anyone who knows my dad can imagine his voice that I just tried to impersonate. Ooh, be careful. It's scary out there in California. A lot of homeless and crime and blah, blah, blah. And then we were on a plane, you know, we were getting ready to, we had to make a connecting flight from Denver to LA and, 
the gentleman on in the flight that was Charlotte to Denver. He's like, where are you guys headed to? You know, blah, blah, blah. And we said, oh, we're on our way to Los Angeles. And he goes, oh, you better be careful. A lot of homeless out there. And I started getting nervous. So, like, we land for that connecting flight. I whip out my phone and I search homeless in LA because <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, okay, am I going to get immediately shanked by a heroin needle the minute I get off the plane in Los Angeles? And I get there and there was hardly any homeless people in the streets when, I mean, no more than in any other city that I've ever been to, no more than Charlotte or no more than Atlanta or no more than, you know, Austin, Texas. Uh, it was very normal. And the streets were incredibly clean in Santa Monica. Santa Monica was probably overall my favorite place in LA. And it was just gorgeous. And But then you also have this contrast. And LA for me, and I, I think as I explain the rest of this trip and things that I want to touch on, LA for me lives in this middle ground that's really difficult for me to kind of wrap my head around. Because on one hand, it's super clean and gorgeous and beautiful when you go to Santa Monica. But then if you just hop on over to um, to Venice Beach, I was like, where the heck am I? Because it felt like all the worst parts of rundown cities married all the worst parts of Myrtle Beach or Ocean City, Maryland. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid, we used to call Ocean City, Ocean Shitty. And uh, there's reasons for that, you know? Like, it, it's... It's just tons of people outside. Everyone's smoking weed. <laughs> and in and, and, and California, I think it's legal to smoke weed while you walk down the street. So there was like a lot of weed in the air. And it was funny because there was a skate park in Venice Beach that many of us have seen on TV. Many of us have seen on Instagram. Many of us have seen places. Uh, and people go there to skate on the beach. These are the same skate parks that you know, conservative Twitter and conservative TV was like, can you believe Gavin Newsom's filling them with sand? Uh, those skate parks. And there's like people that I follow on Instagram that skate. And it always looked like such a cool place to go to. It's right down the street or right down the beach rather from muscle beach where, you know, modern bodybuilding and they have got that outdoor gym there. And it's right down the street from there. And <laughs> it was funny because that was such a cool place to me when I would think about it on Instagram or on a television show. But then I get there and it's just the most grody boardwalk. It And it tries to be pretty because it's California. The landscaping's nice and all that kind of stuff. But it was just grody. It was the one part of the trip where my wife felt particularly unsafe. There's homeless people camping between the road and the walkway and the beach everywhere. And you would think the people who weren't homeless were also homeless just by how it was just not a sanitary place, you know? And it, it was just, I would never take my child there. How about that? And there were homeless people that would walk over behind some of these buildings. And <laughs> we, we drove past one and he was literally like peeing on the side of a building. And I had never seen the level, and granted, some people, this is normal for them, but I'd never seen a level of homelessness where there was public urination or, you know, just things that homeless people in LA, I guess, get away with. And some of these people, by the way, weren't homeless. They're just people who needed to take a leak and they're just going to piss on the side of the road. And so we're seeing that all over the place. It's just wild. Like we drove past this guy that was peeing and I looked at my wife and I said, because it was wild that he's just doing this. And I said, don't look back. He's got his ding-a-ling out, you know, <laughs> like it's going to be, you will see things you don't want to see, you know? Um, there was one point 
uh, not in Venice. It was another part of L.A. where I was driving past a homeless person who was super hunched over with no pants on. So just booty in straight up in the air. And maybe booty is too generous of a term, but it was just like, what the world? Um, and, and so to touch on the homeless thing, it's just like which maybe was a poor choice of words after talking about that homeless guy with his dingling out. But just to, to speak on that a little bit is there is a homeless problem in LA without a doubt there, especially when I went to downtown, the tent encampments, there are certain streets where there was no sidewalk. It was just a tent encampment. There were certain stretches all scattered throughout LA where a solid 20, 30 feet would be just a tent encampment. Um, but when you watch the news and you see the tent encampment that goes on for miles and miles and miles, my wife and I, we drove through a lot of parts of LA. We went everywhere. And I can tell you that you would really have to search to find a tent encampment that was more than, you know, 30, 40 feet long, like, you know, six or seven tents in a row. And that's a big one. There weren't many that were that many. Um, but there is definitely a homeless problem in LA. And I almost don't even like that verbiage because in some cases, especially in a state like California where it's so expensive to live that if you have a rough go at it, it's going to be pretty hard to get out. Uh, it's putting gas in the car when the cheapest gas you could find is 405 and that's the cheap gas. There was plenty of gas that was over $5 a gallon. Uh, renting an apartment where you're getting barely anything for $2,800. Like, I can imagine that's got to be really tough. Never mind the fact that when you're homeless, even if you're someone who wants to work and you want to not have that situation, uh, chances are you haven't showered, combed your hair, gotten a haircut in some time. You probably haven't washed your clothes. So there's definitely, you know, conservative Twitter out there likes to say that, oh, if you want a job, get a job, which, by the way, I agree. But there are some unique challenges that, as someone who's anti-state, I don't think it's the state's job to fix. So just to make that clear, but there are some unique challenges that homeless people face to get that job that people like me don't have to think about. I can shower, get my hair done, uh, or get my hair cut rather, uh, put on decent clothes, go to an interview and be able to land a job that I want to do, you know, and be able to shop around and have other opportunities available to me that I can, like I have a car so I can drive Uber, I can deliver food, I can do Grubhub, whatever, if I'm hunting for the job that I really want. Those are just things that homeless people don't necessarily have. And the amount of hurdles that they would have to go through in a place like California, I would just imagine that it's way harder to get out of this situation. But that being said, I maybe saw like out of hundreds, maybe even thousands of homeless people that I saw. It's a big city too. So there's, there are homeless people all over the place and maybe more so because of the policies that allow them to just camp on the side of the street pretty much wherever. But out of all the homeless people I saw, I would say maybe two or three that I saw that looked like people who had a rough go at it. A lot of these people that are on the LA streets, they are not sane. They are not sober. Uh, <laughs> I appreciated there were a couple of homeless guys that said, Hey man, he's standing right outside. He's standing outside a liquor store or a store where you can buy uh, alcohol. And he says, Hey man, I, I would do anything for a Miller light. <laughs> and I was like, I said to him, I admire the honesty. I appreciate it. I almost bought him a beer, but I was like, I, I don't feel like it. <laughs> There's better things I can imagine using my money on, but there's definitely a homeless problem in LA. I think that the news exacerbates it because it's really not as detrimental 
dangerous and scary uh, as the news would make you think. Now, granted, that street where there was a whole lot of tents, I didn't walk down that street with my wife, and I would do that in any city. So I think that sometimes people will overgeneralize based on what they see in the news, and then they will just make sweeping judgments of how the city is doing based on that. Now, granted, if it was my city and the homeless people could just camp in front of my house right now, I would have a serious issue with that. I would really struggle with that. And something else about the homeless uh, that, that are in L.A. is one thing that I thought was particularly interesting about a city like L.A., which is very has a ton of on the books regulation regarding going green and clean energy and things like that. Uh, it blew my mind that they were so OK with the fact that with all these homeless came there was already a ton of litter, but just the exorbitant amount of litter that you could trace back to a homeless encampment almost any time you came upon it. It's just like, we're talking out of both sides of our mouth here because this is really bad. I mean, there's cups, food, blankets, tarps, you name it, big trash, small trash, little trash, wide trash, all the trash would just encircle these encampments. And it was it was gross. It was really awful. Uh, and so I thought that was kind of interesting. The locals seem to be a little bit indifferent to everything going on in California. And I think that's because they were kind of high on the fact that they're in this, what I would consider a, a borderline perfect place as far as climate, opportunity, things like that, uh, affluency. I think they're kind of indifferent to it. I didn't see, I saw girls that, uh, I, I caught myself being an old man. I, I, I was talking to Erica when I saw these girls pass by and there were a couple of hooches. Remember, remember back when we used to call girls like that, that dressed a certain way, hoochie mamas. But there were a couple of hooches that walked past these homeless tents and they just seemed completely indifferent to it, which I thought was quite interesting. Uh, and that was in downtown LA, which was significantly worse than any other part of LA. Um, out of state people, I would say just be careful what opinions you sprout without having experienced it yourself because I, I there is definitely a homeless problem but what you see on the news with this with the tent encampments being scores and scores and scores of tents that that's not an accurate picture of what's happening in los angeles based on my experience there for the past six days um now another thing i want to touch on is that it's kind of funny there is a level of self-righteousness that I picked up on with a couple of people that lived there. Uh, there was a conversation between a young man and this girl. He worked loosely with in the film industry. What I could gather, I was totally eavesdropping. What I could gather was he works basically for an agency that helps place people into gigs, whether that be movies, television, or commercial. And he was a really young guy, so I'm pretty, I'm just about positive he was a scrub. Um, and the girl he was with some young girl, and when I say young, I mean like they're probably just out of college, 24, 25 year olds. So not like kids, I'm barely older than them, but you know, younger people just starting their careers, things like that. And he just mentioned something about uh, a comedy special that he was listening to and how the only people who fly around on private jets and profit from the system and are pedophiles to young children are conservatives. And I was just like, you, there's literally a picture of Bill Clinton getting massaged by one of Jeffrey Epstein's girls who recently turned 18 when the picture was taken. And you're just going to say that that's like a Republican only problem. 
from the guy, by the way, who can't stand Republicans, but it's just like that level of short-sightedness and one-sidedness that was really aggravating for me in LA. Um, but other than that, honestly, people are a lot more down to earth than you'd expect. I saw more masks outside than you would expect in other places. But to be honest, guys, it's really, it's not that serious. It's people all over the place were not wearing masks. You would walk past certain houses in Beverly Hills. I saw this house that said, this home is armed and nothing in it is worth your life. (laughs) I was with a picture of like an AR-15. I'm like, okay, Beverly Hills, I see you. Um, And Beverly Hills, having been there now, I kind of get why people write songs about it and stuff because I would say... And, and this isn't an exaggeration. I would say every other or every third car that drove past me while Erica and I were walking the streets of uh, of Beverly Hills was at least $123,000 or more. Every, every other or every third car. Just an insanely rich area. Insanely rich. But uh, all that to say that, honestly, I think LA was way had a way better basis of what's going on with COVID, how we react to it. There's way more people who weren't super uh, concerned about it, people hanging out in large groups, going to these big malls and things like that. I think they're hungry for their state to be open. And I'm kind of hopeful for that, is that amidst all the other things that makes California kind of a pain in the butt, um, I felt really hopeful that so many people were out shopping. So many people were out doing things. Certain movie theaters were open. Comedy clubs were opening back up. People were going to these things. Restaurants were full, the ones that were open. And I, I think that's that's a hopeful note because I thought that California was going to have, especially in LA, was going to have this super liberal tinge that was just going to keep people from living their lives and people were just going to be hunkered down in their homes. I thought people were going to be checking whether or not you had a vaccine. And nobody cared and it was awesome i mean especially even some of the grody areas like when we were walking through venice nobody cared there were barely any masks out there nobody cared and and that's exciting for me because it tells me that even people that i probably disagree with on everything else are people who see that this is a bunch of bs and people that see that we're gonna live our lives and we're gonna do our thing and it's gonna be fine um and that really excited me Uh, A couple other things I just wanted to hit on with California was the cost of living there. So, first off, the cheapest gas that I saw was 405. Uh, I think the most expensive was somewhere around 520 per gallon. Uh, There were little people that drove small cars. One of my friends, he drives a Hyundai Elantra. He mentioned that uh, where he lives in California, it costs $50 to fill the car. So, needless to say, so lots of Teslas. And this brings me to my more critical thing about California was, gosh, the cost of living is exorbitant. And like I said, after just being there the first couple days, I felt this way was I would tolerate a lot of BS, a lot of crap, a lot of dumb political crap to live in such a perfect area in such a perfect place outside of, you know, whatever issues had. But from the gas to the homeless to the graffiti and the trash that I saw in different places, I realized that almost every problem in California is solely a political problem. 
and I, I felt bad a little bit for certain people as they were walking around in California, not because, you know, they didn't read the anatomy of the state and get a grip. That's not why I felt bad for them, because I don't have a superiority complex over my own beliefs. I do. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it wasn't that. The issue that I found was I felt bad for these people because they had a bit of a Stockholm syndrome where, gosh, the tax is, I think, nine and a half percent in Los Angeles for sale, sales tax. The the gas, there's 55 cents, um, I think roughly 50 cents per gallon just in tax that you have to account for at the pump. Not to mention additional taxes and fees and regulations and different hoops to jump through and red tape, specifically because California regulates these things a lot to try and get cleaner energy and cleaner air. California regulates the amount of housing that's available. So when we're talking about homeless everywhere, you can't even necessarily just build more homes and more affordable homes. So that's a whole issue. The amount of regulation and political stuff that's going on in California that is destroying this insanely beautiful state, I felt a little bit heartbroken, especially knowing that California is one of those states that when we have a presidential election, they're just it's just going to turn blue and no one cares. And I realized that California is kind of an allegory for the rest of the country. We have a syndrome. We have a problem. We we have Stockholm syndrome, all of us. Friends of mine criticize me because I'm anti-state. And granted, I don't know what it looks like because I haven't seen it in my lifetime or taught in my history. I don't know what it looks like to live in a completely stateless society. But what I do know is that the great, the more expansion there is within the state, the lower, the lower your your quality of life and the higher your cost of living, the higher the cost to live that low quality of life. And I just felt, I felt this sense of, of loss because what's happening in California is what's happening all over the country right now. The same people who will say, oh, don't go to California because you know, homeless problem. They voted for politicians who hate them and have done the opposite of what they want them to do for years. And for some reason, they still believe in the state. They still believe that the expansion of the state, as long as it's an expansion that they support, is the best way to handle problems. California has made it more expensive to go to work. California has made it more expensive to own a home, rent a home, to build new homes. And I'm going to sound a little bit like Henry here, but it's all in the name of things that are virtues and not about people. It's all about global agendas and not people. Because if what's going on in California was working, it would be a different state. People wouldn't be leaving it. It would be one of the most prosperous states for reasons outside of its size. But COVID was an eye-opener for a lot of organizations, for a lot of states. 
And I think that we can look at California in the state that it's in now with homeless people camping in front of your apartment complex, doing drugs, masturbating, urinating, with tons and tons of graffiti, with an insane, like the most litter I think I've ever seen in the city. And then you can see these insanely rich and beautiful people walk by and know that they're going to vote for the same exact policies that created the hardship that is taking a significant amount of their tax dollars, a significant amount of their income, and also keeping those who are underneath of them socioeconomically from being able to rise out of the ashes, from being able to rise out of that place. And they're going to vote for it again. They're going to vote for it again after that. And when things get worse, they're going to say it just wasn't quite right. And they're going to vote for it again after that. And they're going to drive down the Californian highway and see the literal sign that says your tax dollars at work. And they're going to go, uh-huh. And it blows my mind. It blows my mind. So that's kind of my take on California. I think it's a wonderful place. I would totally live there in a second. But I do think that it's got some political issues that are going to hold it back from realizing its potential. And these issues would be almost instantaneously, instantly resolved if we just rolled back the government there. Because everything that makes California a place where people have something to say on a plane to people they don't know is all because Californians keep voting in the same jokers who keep failing them over and over again. So that that's my take. Thanks so much for listening to this short with Jake, this little monologue. Uh, feel free to hit us up on Instagram. Uh, let us know what you thought of the show. I'd love to hear it. I know the boys would love to hear it because they want to do their own solo adventures here. Um... Let me know if you'd like to hear more of these, if there's certain topics you'd like for me to cover or rant on. Same thing for the other boys. Uh, follow us on Instagram. It's at the Lunch Boys Pod. Follow us on Twitter at the Lunch Boys Pod. Give us your money. Hang out with us on Patreon. You guys really help us to make sure that we have all the gear necessary to make this a great sounding show for you. And we would love to be able to put out more content, better content and uh, spend more time working on the show, more intros, all that kind of good stuff. So uh, check us out on Patreon. Uh, Link will be in the bio. So please check that out. Really help us out. Thank you so much. And uh, give us five stars on iTunes. Four stars. Yeah, four stars. We send them back. That's right. Four stars are a lot like... (laughs) Never mind. I can't make a homeless joke right now. Uh, We send them back like your opinions about L.A. Because you probably have never been there. So it's not funny, but we'll take it. Uh, But thanks again, guys, for listening. Let us know if there's any topics you'd like for us to cover in our solo episodes. Like I mentioned earlier, we really want to expand and put out more content for you guys. Share with your friends, please. It helps us to grow the show. And I know sometimes, especially with a political show like ours, where we're going to make race jokes and uh, talk about how awful the state of affairs is, that your statist friends are going to have an ulcer, you know? Um even liberty-minded conservatives hate our show, and so it's really hard to find probably the right people to share the show with. I hear you, and I see you. But do it, because it helps the boys, and also it makes you sound smart, because when Ryan talks about all those books, people are going to associate you with those books, and you're going to be a book reader by osmosis. 
So anyway, that's it. Sayonara. Peace. That's it for this edition of The Lunch Boys. Join us again next time as the boys take one step closer to getting canceled. Bye-bye now. Stay safe out there. There is a lot of COVID. You might get it. You might not. Wear a mask. Or do not. Who knows? But whatever you do, have a strong opinion about it, comrades. See you in Gulag soon, yes? <laughs> you think I kid. I not kid.